0: We're going to be learning in Halevi the fifth piece in Hilchus Tumas Mace. This is Parak Yud Halacha Aleph. And this piece repeats some of the ideas that Rab Chaim went through in the first long piece in Hilchus Tumas Mace on Tumas Kever, the impurity of the grave. So in that piece, Rab Chaim had touched on this Rambam in chapter 12 as well, because again the Rambam discusses the size of an Ohel not in the context of a grave, but just a regular Ohel. So Rab Chaim touched on this Rambam, but here he's going to explain it with a little bit of a different perspective. The basic conceptual issue that he's discussing is that there are two special types of Tumma when it comes to a dead body. One is tumas Ohel, which means anyone that's in the same room as a dead body becomes Tame, because the Tumma of the body permeates throughout the room. The other is tuma Ritsutsa, which means that the Tumma of a body goes straight up and straight down. So if someone hovers over a dead body, they're going to become Tame because the Tumma is shooting up. Now, on a very basic level, these two Tumas are in opposition because Tumas' Ohel permeates the tumma throughout the room, but it blocks it from going all the way up. Whereas Tumma Retzutah does not permeate throughout the area, it just shoots up and down, but it goes all the way up. So Rab Chaim is going to explain how these two Tumas interact with each other. The Rambam writes, Tefach al Tefach Maruba al Rum Tefach a tefach squared with a tefach height, so that's the minimum space that's considered in ohel. So if there is an area of that size, maybe it's a tumah v'chotze d'var Torah, that is considered in ohel under Torah law, and it permeates the tumah throughout that entire area, and it also blocks the tumah from continuing forward. Ohel tefach al tefach b'rum tefach al al Because in order for it to be considered in ohel, it has to have a minimum of that size space. So the Rambam rules very clearly that in order to be considered an ohel, it can have even an exact tefach by a tefach even if it's exactly the minimum size that's still considered in Ohel. Now, the disagrees with this. Amar Avram Lobir Estivarov. The says that this is unclear because in order for this to be considered in Ohel, you need a Chalal Tefach Panoi. There needs to be an empty airspace of a Tefach. Now, in the Rambam's case, where the whole space to begin with is only exactly a Tefach and included in that space is a dead body. So, the points out that the Tuma etes is a Chalal Tefach the Tumah, the dead body, is cutting into the necessary airspace. There's not an empty Tefach of airspace anymore because there was only a Tefach to begin with and the Tumah cut into that airspace. So now there's less than a Tefach. So that's actually a case of Tumah the Eina mevi'a the Eina So the Ohel, the space here, does not permeate the Tumah and it does not block the Tumah. It does not function at all like an Ohel. And according to the Raivid, this would be a case of Tumah where the dead body's tumah goes all the way up and down. So the Raivid and the Rambam disagree in a case where there's an exact tefach of airspace. According to the Rambam, even though the body is included in that tefach, it's still considered an ohel and it permeates the tumah and it blocks it from going further. According to the Raivid, that's a case of tumah ritzutza. The case of an ohel is where over and above the area of the dead body, in addition to that, there's an empty airspace of a tefah and that's when it's considered an ohel and it permeates the tuma and it blocks it. So that's the debate between the Rambam and the Raivid in this case of an exact tefach airspace. Now the Kesef Mishnah does not believe that there's actually a debate here because he thinks even though the language of the Rambam was not clear, but ultimately the Rambam does agree with the Raivid that in order for it to be considered an ohel it must be a tefach of airspace over and above the body. And he quotes the language of the Rambam later on in Yud Bey's Halachava, in the case of the wooden coffins and the Rambam there says that if there's a tefach between the covering of the coffin and the dead body, so then it becomes an ohel. So there the Rambam seems to imply that you need a tefach over and above the space of the body, not including the space of the body. As well as earlier in Parikh Zion in the case of the tumah of the grave, the Rambam again said that if there's an exact airspace of a tefach including the dead body, so that would be considered t- so, in those two places, the Rambam seems to follow the view of the Rivid that if it's an exact Tefach airspace, including the dead body, that's considered Tumar Ritzutza, not Tumas Ohel. So, based on that, the Kesef Mishnah says that basically the Rambam and the Rivid agree. The Rambam's language in this halacha was a little unclear, but they both agree that if there's an exact airspace of a Tefach, that's considered Tumar Ritzutza, until there's over and above the dead body an empty airspace of a Tefach. And and then it becomes an ohel. So that's the view of the Kesef Mishnah. Now, Rabchaim's Chaim going to argue that there is, in fact, a debate between the Rambam and the Raivid. And he develops his approach beginning with a question on the Raivid. In the course of disagreeing with the Rambam, who said that even if there's an exact airspace of a tefach, it's still considered an ohel. The Raivid adds in a seemingly unnecessary phrase that this is considered tumah Ritzutzah. All the Raivit had to say to disagree with the Rambam is that since the dead body is cutting into the airspace of a tefach, and the Rambam also agrees that in order to be considered an ohel, it must have an airspace of a tefach. So in this case, it doesn't have that because the dead body is minimizing the airspace. And he could have just left it at that. That automatically means that this cannot be an ohel. Why does the rivet insert that not only is it not an ohel, it's also Tumar How does the fact that this is a case of Tumar oppose the Rambam's view that this is a case of Tumas Ohel? So Rab Chaim explains that even the rivet agrees that this dead body is not actually minimizing the airspace in the sense that we no longer see this as an ohel. The simple reading of the rivet is that since there's a dead body in there, it minimizes the airspace, so it doesn't have the minimum airspace needed to be considered an ohel, and that's why it loses the status of an ohel. But says Rab Chaim, the simple reading is not going to work, because the rules of minimizing airspace are not just that putting any object in the airspace minimizes it, there has to be a process of beetle of nullifying the object to this airspace, and only when there's this sort of permanence that the object is going to stay there, then it cuts into the airspace. And this comes from the Mishnah in the 15th chapter of alos a house that was filled with dirt or rocks, Ubitlu, and they nullified it, meaning they're going to leave it there permanently. It's not just there temporarily. The kri tfuo, achan, or a pile of produce or a pile of rocks, like the temporary rocks of Achan, but if they agree to leave it there forever, so then that minimizes the airspace of the house, then even if the tuma is next to the vessels, it still does not permeate throughout the house, it does not affect the vessels, it just goes straight up and down because it's considered tumma Ritzutza. So the Mishnah itself says this whole halacha, that if there's an airspace of more than a tefach, which is minimized by putting some. Something in there, so if that object is going to be left there, that minimizes the overall airspace, and it's no longer considered tomas ohel. But again, the mishnah insists that it has to be an object which is going to be left there, meaning he doesn't have some other use for it that he's going to take it away soon, but he's going to leave it in this airspace, so it becomes considered part of this new location, and that's why it minimizes the airspace of this location. And the gemara in Davdalid emphasis that everything depends on whether this is a permanent fixture in this new location. And the Mishnah is even more clear on this point because the vessels which are in the house, so there's a question whether those very vessels are Tameh or not, those vessels do not count towards minimizing the airspace of the house. So if there was a Tefach without the vessels and then he put some vessels in there, they're still Tameh even though there is no additional airspace of a Tefach. Over and above the vessels. So you see very clearly that an object which is not intended to be left there cannot be part of minimizing the overall airspace. Now, coming back to our case of a dead body, the Rivet did not say that this only applies in a case where he's going to leave the dead body there permanently, then it cuts in and minimizes the airspace, meaning then it would be considered a grave. The Rivet is talking about in all cases, even where the body is there temporarily, and he's going to be removing this body soon, and still the Rivet says that the body minimizes the airspace of a tefach, and it's no longer considered an Ohel. So this cannot be based on the rule that if he puts something in the airspace, it minimizes it because that would require a permanent object. And this is not a permanent object. This is a temporary body. And still, for some reason, the it says that it's no longer considered an ohel. So to explain that, the it adds in because it's Tuma Ritsutsa. In other words, what's stopping the Tuma's ohel in this case is because he filled up the airspace with the Tuma, with the dead body itself. So now it transformed into Tuma Ritsutsa, because that is the case that once there's a dead body there even though it doesn't nullify the airspace, but it's now considered Tuma Ritsutsa because the Tuma is going up and down so it can no longer be considered Tomas Ohel and in that way it's different from rocks or dirt which are not Tame in and of themselves so in order to block the Tomas Ohel they would need to minimize the airspace, and that can only be done with bittel when they're there permanently. If they're just there temporarily so then they're not considered enough part of that location to minimize the airspace. But that only applies to neutral objects like rocks or dirt. When it comes to the dead body itself, once it fills in the airspace of the Tefach, even though it's not Batel, so it's not there permanently, so it doesn't have the ability to minimize the airspace, but it does transform it into Tuma ritzutza, and once the Tuma of this dead body is shooting up and down, so it's no longer available to be part of the Tomas Ohel, and that's the the basis for the Raivid's ruling that in this case of an exact tefach airspace, it's no longer considered Tomas Ohel. And that explains why he adds in this phrase that it's considered Tuma Ritzutza. It's not an unnecessary addition. That's the very basis of his argument with the Rambam. Because even though the Ravid agrees with the Rambam that the dead body can't minimize the airspace, but for a different reason he thinks that this is no longer Tomas Ohel. Because the Tuma of this body is now being used in a Ritzutza way. It's going up and down but it's not permeating throughout this airspace. So now that we understand the approach of the Ravid more clearly, says Rab Chaim, we can now return to the Rambam and see how he does in fact disagree with the Ravid. and his language is very precise in each of these three halachas. In the other two halachas, he's dealing with Tumas Kever. Those are cases of a grave. So those work differently than the case that he's dealing with in this halacha which is where the body's there temporarily. Because the whole essence of what it means to be a grave in halacha is that it's sealed up, it's closed. And this comes from the Gemara and Babasra, it quotes a b'raisa, that in order for something to be considered a kever, which is then tamay all around, so the tumah goes throughout that entire area, so that only happens if it's totally sealed. But if there's a door, so then the tumah goes out in that direction and it does not go throughout the kever. So the Gemara says that even if the whole thing is sealed but there's a doorway remaining so that's still not considered a kever and the tumah would go out in the direction of the doorway. In order to make it a kever the person would need to remove the doorway and then seal it up and then it would become a kever and the tumah would permeate throughout this area. So you see very clearly that a kever means something where there is no opening it's totally sealed and that's when the tumah goes all over. So that's why the Rambam holds that in the case of Tumas Kever, if there's an exact Tefach airspace with a dead body in there, so the body minimizes the Tefach airspace and it's not considered Tumas Ohel, meaning it's not Tumas Kever until there's a Tefach of airspace over and above the area of the body. Because in Tumas Kever, the body is always there permanently. So, of course, it minimizes the airspace of a tefach. But in this case, where the body is only there temporarily, so there it does not minimize the tefach airspace, as the Mishnah in Olos and the Gemara in Sukkah said, because since it's temporary, it's not able to minimize this airspace. So, here the Rambam holds that even if there's an exact tefach of an airspace, including the area of the body, that's still considered Tomas Ohel, because the dead body does not minimize the airspace in this case. So the Rambam's language was very precise, that in the cases of Tumas Kever, there needs to be a tefach over and above the area of the body, but in the cases where the body is there temporarily, there needs to be a tefach airspace, including the area of the body. And there is a debate between the Rambam and the Raivid in a case where there is only an airspace of exactly a tefach and there's a dead body temporarily there. According to the Raivid, that's considered Tumar Ritzutza, not Tumas Ohel, whereas according to the the Rambam, that's still Tomas Ohel, because according to the Rambam, everything depends on whether the body is butel, whether it's there permanently, so it minimizes the tefach airspace or not. But the Rambam does not hold that in the case where there's an exact tefach of airspace, the body transforms into Tomar so to explain this point of the debate, Rab Chaim points out that this is the Rambam and the Ravid Lishi Tassam. They already debated this in Tumas Meis Zain Halacha Vav. The Rambam writes that any tumah which is not in Tumas Ohel. So let's say there's a dead body just lying in the open air. That's considered tumah So tumah applies wherever there is no covering over this dead body. The tumah then just goes up and down. The Ravid holds that tumah is limited only when the body is in a covering, which is not an ohel. Meaning there's not enough airspace to be an ohel because it's less than a tefach. So, in that case, it becomes Tumaritsutsa. But there has to be a covering over this body. Because if it's just lying in the open air, according to the Raivid, that's not Tumaritsutsa. So, the Rambam and the Raivid have very different definitions of what's considered Tumaritsutsa. The Rambam holds so long as it's not Tumas Ohel, it automatically reverts to Tumaritsutsa, which is to say that there's a conflict between Tumas Ohel, which permeates, and Tumaritsutsa, which goes up and down. So, if there's Tumas Ohel, it stops the Ritzutza and if there's no Ohel then the Ritzutza kicks in whereas the Rivid defines Ritzutza independent of the tumas Ohel it's its own thing that any time a body is covered without an airspace of a Tefach that creates the conditions of tumar Ritzutza so now if we plug this back into this case, says Rab Chaim, we'll see that it's the same debate. According to the Raivid, in the case where there's an exact tefak of airspace with a dead body in it, so that transforms into Tumor even though it didn't minimize the Tumas Ohel. That's Rab Chaim's whole approach, that the rivet agrees that the Tumas Ohel was not minimized because the body is only there temporarily. So technically, this is still considered an Ohel, but that doesn't preclude it from being considered tumah because according to the raivet, there is no fundamental conflict between Ohel and Ritzutza. So even if it's an Ohel, it can still be considered Ritzutza. And since this dead body is in a tefach of airspace so that's the conditions to create Tumar Ritzutza. so this becomes a case now of Tumar Ritzutza. and it doesn't matter for Tumar Ritzutza whether the body is there temporarily or permanently in all cases it becomes Ritzutza and then once it becomes Ritzutza so now that precludes this from being considered tumas Ohel so that's the Raivid's equation that even though there is technically still a Tefach of an airspace but since the dead body is in that Tefach of airspace and it's considered Considered Ritzutza, so that now precludes Thomas Ohel from kicking in. As opposed to the Rambam who holds that Ohel and Ritzutza are in conflict, and Ritzutza only kicks in when there is no Ohel, so in this case, because it's technically considered an Ohel, because the body's only there temporarily, so it doesn't minimize the tefach of airspace, so it's still considered an Ohel, so that precludes the Ritzutza from kicking in. So that's why according to the Rambam, in this case, it's not Tomas it's still considered a Tumas Ohel because since there's a Tefach of airspace even though there's a dead body in there, but that doesn't minimize it because it's only there temporarily and the Tumaretzutza can't kick in in Tumas Ohel, so it remains a Tumas Ohel. Only if the body was going to be there permanently would it transform into Tumas Kever and that would minimize the Tefach of airspace, so in order to be considered Tumas Kever, it would require a Tefach over and above the area of the body. So this is Rab Chaim First explanation to explain the debate between the Rambam and the Ravid and he shows how the language of the Rambam is very precise, and he differentiates between Tumas Kever versus a body which is there temporarily. And the language of the Ravid is also very precise because he's arguing not that the body minimizes the airspace because it's only temporary, but the Ravid is arguing that it transforms into Tumah And then rab Chaim shows how this whole debate is based on another debate between the Rambam and the Raavad about the. The very essence of what Tumar Ritzutza is, and whether it's necessarily in conflict with Tumas Ohel or not, and their views on that are what are influencing their views in regards to this. So a very brilliant approach from Rab Chaim, putting together a few halachas and debates between the Rambam and the Raivid. Now in the third paragraph, Rab Chaim suggests a second approach to explain the Raivid's view. Again, the Raivid said that the reason why this is no longer considered an Ohel is because it's Tumar Ritzutza. and the question is why isn't it not an ohel simply because the dead body minimizes the tefach airspace so there's no longer a tefach of airspace. Now says Rab Chaim that even if we say the dead body is there permanently, so according to the first approach that should minimize the tefach airspace because that was the principle of the first approach that anything which is there permanently minimizes the airspace so that's why he said the case of the dead body is where it's there only temporarily. Now in the second approach says Rab Chaim, even if the dead body is there permanently it still doesn't minimize the tefach airspace because to minimize the tefach airspace it has to be a neutral object like dirt or rocks. It cannot be something which is itself Tameh. So the dead body is never able to minimize the tefach airspace because it itself is an object of Tumah and an object of Tumah can never minimize the airspace. So that's why the rivet has to add in not simply that it minimizes the airspace, but more than that, that it's Tumar and that's why it's no longer considered Tomas Ohel. So this idea that the Raivid holds that something tame can never minimize the airspace is based on a comment of the Raivid earlier in chapter 7, in the case of Tumas Kever. So the Raivid writes that the case of Tumas Kever is when there's exactly a Tefach airspace, including the area of the body. So that's when there's Tumar because again, according to the Raivid, anytime there's exactly a tefak of airspace, there's tumma So someone on top of the body becomes tame, that's what he calls tumas ohel, and there's also tumas kever. So all of the sides throughout this whole area become tame, which is tumas kever. But if there's less than a tefach of airspace in this kever, then says the Raivid, it's only metame be ohel, meaning tumma the tumma goes up and down, but it's not metame with tumas kever. So the sides of the area throughout are not tame. So the basic rule of tumas kever is that it only applies when there's at least a tefach of airspace. And if there's an exact tefach of airspace including the body, so then not only is there tumas kever, there's also tumuratsutsa. But if there's less than a tefach of airspace, there's no Tumas Kever, but there is Tumar Ritzutza. So according to the Raivid, there is a concept in the Torah of Tumas Kever, a special impurity of the grave. And the paradigm of that case is when there's a kever with exactly an airspace of a tefach, including the area of the body. That's when the Torah said that not only is there Tumas Kever, so there's Tumah on all sides of the area, but there's also Tumas Ohel if someone hovers over the area of the body. Body, they become Tame because of Tumoritsutsah. And obviously, when it comes to a kever, we don't say that the body minimizes the tefach airspace such so that there is no longer a tefach of airspace, in which case it would not be Tumas Kever anymore, because the basic requirement of a kever is that it must have at least a tefach of airspace. So it's clear from the raivid that we don't say in the case of tumas Kever that the body minimizes the tefach of airspace. Now, when it comes to a kever, the Torah never said that it's only talking about when the body's there temporarily, not if it's there permanently. And in fact Rab Chaim adds, he defined earlier that the whole essence of a kever is that the body must be there permanently. So it's clear that the case the rivet is talking about is when there is a body which is there permanently, it's batel, and still it doesn't minimize the tefach of airspace of the tumas kever. So how do we differentiate that from the Ravid we began with, where he says that a dead body does minimize the Tefach airspace. So Rab Chaim explains it must be based on this idea that he's developing that since the dead body is itself an object of Tumah, it doesn't minimize the airspace. The only thing that minimizes airspace is a neutral object like dirt or rocks, but not an actual object of Tumah like a dead body. So that's why when it comes to tumas Kever, the rivet holds that it does not minimize the Tefach airspace. Now in the case we began with, which is not tumas Kever, it's just a regular airspace. Airspace. So there the raivet says, not that it minimizes the tefach airspace, because again, since it's an object of Tumah, it cannot minimize the tefach airspace. But the raivet says something different. Since there's Tumah that prevents the Tumas Ohel from taking place. So there can only be one type of Tumah. Either the dead body is creating Tumas Ohel, or it's creating Tumah Ritzutza. So in this case, where it's now in a confined airspace of exactly a tefach, that creates Toma which prevents the Tomas Ohel from kicking in. Now, coming back to Tumas Kever, even though there's Tumar but that does not prevent the overall Tumas Kever from kicking in, because Tumas Kever is different from Tumas Ohel. Ohel is a way of permeating the tuma of the dead body throughout the room. So the tuma comes from the dead body, and it spreads throughout this room because of the halacha of Tumas Ohel. But Tumas Kever is different. It's not that it spreads the tuma throughout the Kever. The Kever itself becomes becomes an object of Tumah. The Torah said that if there's a dead body in a grave, the whole area of the grave is in and of itself an object of Tumah. So unlike the case of Ohel, which is spreading around the Tumah of the body, the body in a grave creates that the entire Kever becomes an object of Tumah. So even if the body is also giving off Tumah Ritzutza, it doesn't conflict with creating Tumma's Kever. Once the body is buried there, the entire grave is tame. And even if the Body continues to give off tzutza, that doesn't stop thomas kever. So that explains the various rulings of the raivid and why he differentiates between a regular ohel versus a kever that if there's an exact tefaf airspace including the area of the body when it comes to regular ohel that prevents thomas ohel because the body is now tumaritzutza but when it comes to thomas kever that is in fact the paradigm case of a thomas kever where there's both tumaritzutza as well as thomas kever together. So now the this answers the question Rab Chaim began with on the Raivid. The reason the Raivid invokes Tuma in this case is because without that there's no reason to not have Tumas Ohel. Because since this airspace is a tefach and the body does not minimize it regardless of whether it's there temporarily or even permanently. Because since the body is an object of Tuma it doesn't minimize airspace. So there should be Tumas Ohel in this case. There's no reason not to have Tumas Ohel except for, as the Ravid points out, because since the body is now giving off Tomer it cannot give off Tomas Ohel. And again, it's not going to make a difference in that regard, whether the body's there temporarily or permanently, because in all cases it gives off Tomer There's no requirement for the body to be there permanently in order to create Tomer So this is Rab Chaim's explanation of the approach of the Raibid. Now the Rambam earlier in chapter 7 disagreed with the Raibit about this and he holds that the case of Tumas Kever is when there's a tefach of airspace over and above the area of the dead body. That's when the Torah said that the entire Kever becomes Tameh on all sides. But if there's only an exact airspace of a tefach including the area of the dead body then that's Tomar Ritzutza but it's not Tumas Kever. And the Rambam concludes with the principle Shekol Davra Baohel Minam any time there's tumor because there's no chalal tefach, there isn't a tefach of airspace. Then the tuma goes all the way up and down, but it does not go to the sides. So according to the Rambam, the idea of tuma ritzutsa that the tuma is in a confined space, so it goes up and down, totally contradicts the idea that the tuma could permeate throughout, regardless of whether it's tumas ohel or it's tumas kever. Either way, if there's tuma the tuma cannot spread to the sides and if the tuma is spreading to the sides it cannot be tumaratsa going up and down so according to the Rambam the case of tumas kever is only when there's a tefach airspace over and above the area of the body so there there's tumas kever and the tuma permeates to all sides of the kever but if there's an exact tefach of airspace including the area of the body so that would be tumaraitssa but not tumas Kever so how do we understand the approach of the Rambam? So Rab Chaim says that at first glance we would have thought that the Rambam holds that the dead body minimizes the airspace of the Tefach the same way that rocks and dirt would minimize the Tefach airspace the same is true of the dead body that it cuts into the Tefach airspace so since in this grave there isn't a Tefach of airspace because there's a body in there so it doesn't have Tumas Kever all it has is Tumar so in that regard the Rambam and the Ravid would be debating whether an object which is itself Tameh, like a dead body, can minimize the Tefach airspace of an Ohel. And the Rambam holds that it does. So that's why in a case of a grave, which is exactly a Tefach of airspace, the dead body minimizes it and there's no longer an Ohel. So there's no longer tumas Keber. But says Rab Chaim from the end of the Rambam, it doesn't sound like that because the Rambam explains this Halacha at the end based on the idea that Tumaritzutza prevents Tumas Kever. So the Rambam is not saying that there's no Tumas Kever here because it's missing an ohel with a tefach airspace. The Rambam implies there is still a tefach of an ohel. So that's not the issue. The issue is that there's Tumah and that's what prevents the Tumas Kever. So if the Rambam agrees that this Kever is still considered to have an airspace of a tefach, it must be that he agrees with the Raivitz idea that a dead body, which is an object of Tumah, is not going to minimize the tefach airspace. So there remains an ohel, a tefach of airspace. But the issue is that there's tumaritsutza. So if so, what is then the debate between the Rambam and the Raivid? So Reb Chaim suggests that they're arguing about whether tumaritsutza and tumas kever contradict each other. In other words, it's clear that tumaritsutza and tumas ohel, so if a body is in a room and it gets permeated throughout, that's clearly a contradiction to tumaritsutza, which means that the body's in a more confined space, and it just goes up and down. But the issue is, do Tumma Ritsutsa and Tumas Kever contradict each other? So the Raivid says that they do not, because as Rab Chaim explained earlier, Tumas Ohel is that it's permeating the Tuma from the dead body throughout the room. But Tumas Kever works differently. The grave itself is transformed into an object of Tuma. So that doesn't contradict the Tumma according to the Raivid, and those two can coexist. So if there's a grave with an airspace of exactly a tefach, that would create the conditions both for Tumar Ritzutza, and since there's an ohel in that grave, it transforms the entire area into Tumas Kever. The Rambam, on the other hand, holds that just like Tumar Ritzutza contradicts Tumas Ohel, so too it contradicts Tumas Kever. And Rabbi Chaim suggests two formulations to explain the view of the Rambam. Either he holds that the whole concept of Tumas Kever is basically, Based on having an ohel in this grave, so a kever requires a tefach of airspace, which is the basic concept of an ohel. So, if there's no ohel, there cannot be tumas kever. So, since the tumar ritzutza blocks the ohel, there's nothing for the tumas kever to take effect on. So that prevents tumas kever from happening. Alternatively, rab Chaim suggests. Even if we say that there is an ohel in this case, so the Ritsutza doesn't block the creation of the actual ohel, so there is an ohel, which should create Tumas Kever, but the ritsutsa prevents the Tumas Kever itself. Because according to the Rambam, tuma Ritsutza means that the tuma from the body only goes up and down. It is not transferred in any other way. And Tumas Kever obviously doesn't work like that because Tumas Kever goes throughout the entire area. It's not only up and down. So, the Tumah Ritsutsa is in direct opposition to the Tumas Kever. So, according to this view, even though there is an Ohel, which kicks in Tumas Kever, but the Tumah Ritsutsa prevents that type of Tumah, because first of all, Tumas Kever means that the whole area is transformed into an object of Tumah and Tumah works differently the Tumah goes up and down but it's not the whole area and secondly when it comes to tumas Kever even areas that are not directly on top of the body that are on the sides of the body are also Tumay and that's not true for Tumah so Rab Chaim's two formulations are either that the Tumah blocks the Ohel which means that the tumas Kever doesn't have the necessary requirements to kick in or alternatively there is still an Ohel, the the Tumaraatsutsa doesn't block that, but since Tumas Kever works differently than Tumaraututsa, because it applies also on the sides, and it transforms the whole area into Tuma, which is different than Tumaraatsutsa. So since in this case there's Tumaratutsa, that directly opposes Tumas Kever kicking in. But now Rav Chaim points out that this last step is going to undermine his whole piece the way he's been explaining the Rambam. Because now he's showing that the Rambam too agrees with the Ravid that a dead body because it itself is Tameh does not minimize the Tefach airspace. That's why in the case of the Kever even though there's only a Tefach airspace the dead body doesn't minimize it. And the reason it prevents the tumas Kever is because the Tumor prevents the tumas Ohel. So that would mean mean that the Rambam holds that even though generally Tumas Ohel prevents Tumor So if there's a large room, which is clearly in Ohel, that prevents the tumma from continuing past the roof. So the Ohel blocks the tumma meaning generally Tumas Ohel overpowers Ritzutza. But that's only when there's more than a tefach of airspace over and above the body. If there's an exact tefaf of airspace, which includes the area of the body, so then the body becomes Tumar and that in fact blocks the Tumas Ohel from taking effect. So now returning to the Rambam we began with, in the case of a regular Ohel, not a grave, where there's an exact Tefach airspace, the Rambam seemed to imply that even though part of that airspace includes the body, it's still Tomas Ohel, not Tomaretzutza, but now the way Rav formulating it, that can't be, because Rav Chaim suggested that there's a difference between whether the body's there temporarily or permanently. And since in this case of the Rambam, it's not talking about a grave, so the body is there temporarily, so it doesn't minimize the tefach airspace. But now, Rab Chaim is saying that's irrelevant because it turns out that a dead body wouldn't minimize airspace even if it was there permanently because it itself is an object of tumah. So either way, the body doesn't minimize the tefach airspace and this is a valid ohel. but on the other hand, since there's only an exact tefach of airspace, that should create Tumar And as we just saw, the Rambam holds that in that case, the Tumar will prevent the Tumas Ohel. So how do we understand now the Rambam that we began with in light of how Rab Chaim explained the view of the Rambam based on his comments in chapter 7 about Tumas Kever? So Rab Chaim answers that even so, we could still retain the original model in the Rambam. The Rambam holds that there's a distinction between whether the body's there permanently or temporarily, even though technically that doesn't minimize the tefach airspace, but it does affect whether there's going to be tomaretzutza. If the body's there permanently, so that really minimizes and cuts into the tefach airspace, because if it was a neutral object like rocks or dirt, that would in fact negate the whole ohel. So in this case, even though it's a dead body, so it's a tame object, but it negates the ohel a that the Tumaritsutza can kick in. And even though it's a tame object, so it doesn't actually negate the Ohel, but that's a more localized concept that applies to tuma. But in the overall concept of Ohel, even the dead body does make a dent, so it's not a full ohel. So that's why, in that case, there's tumaritzutsa. But if the body's only there temporarily, so then even if it was a neutral object like rocks, it would not negate the ohel. So in this case, the ohel is strong enough that it prevents the tumaritzutsa from kicking in. So now, with this modified explanation, we're back to the same distinction in the Rambam that only when the body's there permanently does it negate the tumas ohel, and the tumaritzutsa prevents the ohel from. Taking effect. But if the body's only there temporarily, so according to the Rambam, the Tumaritsutsa can't kick in because the Tumas Ohel is strong enough to prevent the Tumaritzutsa. So that explains the distinction between the Rambam's language in chapter 7 and chapter 12, because chapter 7 is talking about Tumas Kever. There, the body is there permanently, because that's the definition of a kever. So if there's only a tefach of airspace, the body prevents the Tumas Ohel from kicking in, and instead there's Tumaritsu. As opposed to chapter 12, which is a temporary place for the body, it's not a kever, so there if the airspace is exactly a tefach, the body does not minimize the airspace at all, so it does not prevent Tomas Ohel, so there's no Tumar Ritzutza, and instead the Tomas Ohel kicks in and prevents the Tumar Ritzutza. So this is Rab Chaim's explanation for the debate between the Rambam and the Raivid. He explains this all differently than the Kesef Mishnah, because according to the Kesef Mishnah, everybody agrees that there needs to be a tefach airspace over and above the area of the body for there to be Tumas Ohel. Whereas according to Rab Chaim, that's a debate between the Rambam and the Raivit in the case where there's exactly a tefach airspace, including the area of the body, according to the Rambam, that's still Tumas Ohel. According to the Raivit, it's not Ohel, it's Tumar ritzutza. And Rab Chaim has two formulations to explain this. The key conceptual points that Rab Chaim develops are that there's a difference between Tumar and Tumas Ohel, that they oppose each other because in one, the Tuma permeates throughout, and one the Tuma goes up and down. And as part of this distinction, he discusses a few important ideas. First, he discusses how to define Tuma and Rab Chaim says that that's a debate between the Rambam and the Ravid. The Rambam defines Tuma as any time it's not Tumas Ohel. So either the body is used as part of Tumas Ohel, but if it's not, even if it's lying on the ground, that's considered Tuma The Ravid on the other hand has a different definition which is Tuma is considered constrained tuma. So only when the Tumma is in a small constricted area, which is not in Ohel, then it's considered Ritzutza. So Tumah Ritzutza is not defined in contrast to Tumas Ohel. It has its own set of requirements that if there's Tumma in a small constrained place, then that creates toma Ritzutza. Also as part of this, Rab Chaim discusses how Tumas Kever fits into this. So is Tumas Kever just an extension of Tumas Ohel? So whenever a body is permanently in an ohel that creates Tumas Kever or does Tumas Kever work differently that it transforms the whole area into an object of Tumah itself Tumas Ohel just permeates the Tumah of the body throughout the area whereas Tumas Kever transforms the whole area into an inherent object of Tumah. Additionally, Rab Chaim also discusses whether a tame object minimizes airspace. And in the second approach, he argues that both the Rambam and the Rivid agree that an object, which is itself tame cannot minimize the airspace of an Ohel. But even so, at the end, Rab Chaim suggests that according to the Rambam, there is a difference between whether a dead body is there permanently or temporarily with regards to the Tumor Now, even though those categories don't make any difference for Tumor but they do make a difference for the Tumas Ohel, again, even though a dead body is an object of Tumah, so it doesn't minimize the Ohel, but if it's there temporarily, it allows for Tumah Ritzutza, but if it's there permanently, it prevents the ritzutsa.